This is All About Home Construction. And here's your hosts, Terry Cannell Beck and Randy Blake. That's right. Good morning, Randy. Morning, Terry. That's right. Everybody out there. Happy Saturday. All of our listeners out there. Hey, it's a great Saturday. We're live. It's a beautiful Saturday, too. I mean, it's a beautiful weekend. Sunny skies, really, for the next week. So, be a good week for you to get some hay cut. You know what? It took me over two weeks to get the parts for that mowing machine. Oh. Because... How many people's got 462 disc mowers out there? Well, apparently not a lot of people besides you. Well, there was a lot of them made, but they're starting to discontinue the parts on them. Ugh. I went, actually went three weeks trying to find the main pulley. Yep. Uh, the big big pulley. And I finally found it in Nashville, and it's 700 bucks. Oh, a nightmare. And uh, nightmare. so I really think we had a flaw in it from the gentleman that did the work before. Oh, really? And it was a snap ring it broke Ugh. caused it all to, to fail. Well, there you go. Well, hopefully it's fixed because it's going to be a beautiful week to get it done. Oh, I need to because, you know, uh, I like 20 acres having first cutting done. Nice. And so that'll put those two fields. It's time now for second cutting. No, not quite. It's coming. Last, <laughs> last of September. Ah. Uh. Well, anyway, we appreciate all of our listeners, all about home construction here on WATA, and all of our listeners on the podcast, all about home construction. So uh, tell your smart speaker to play the podcast. And also, as we found out last week, we're on YouTube. we got the audio up on YouTube as well. Hey, have to thank so, Hey. Uh, Terry, go back. I'm just happy to have it. It's fun. It's just an, another way for our listeners to reach out and get a hold of us and listen and get the content. So, yeah, check it out on YouTube. Just type in all about home construction on YouTube. Everyone knows how to search that. And uh, you'll find us. It's pretty cool. Good stuff. We put it out last week, and we've already got a jump in our listenership from it. So we appreciate it. All right. Thank you all. Yeah. And share this with a friend, right? I mean, if you like it, someone else will like it. Find a friend that likes it and and, and share it. We appreciate it. Hey, we're trying to grow up. That's what we do around here. But anyway, thanks for listening to us. So VFW, how'd the breakfast go? Great. Thank was, y'all. Yeah. We will be having a breakfast Labor Day weekend. Okay. That's good to know. Okay. So good to know. we will be open. Uh, we're not going anywhere. And, you know, there's always people that don't have a place to go. Mm-hmm. So come on, join us. There you go. And uh, bring your youngins. You know, we've been, you know, trying to let youngins eat for free. Nice. That's cool. That's really cool. We actually... Uh, don't mean to change something there, but you know what? They eat eight pound of bacon last time. Oh, nice. And five pound of sausage. I'm getting a little hungry now. Well, you'll have to wait. You know, I could eat my, I could eat probably eight pounds of bacon by myself. And, uh, it's not too surprising. Eat about three pound of ham. What did I get? I got a, a while back for my kids. Um, I got one of those three pound packs of bacon from the grocery store and it, it was all gone. Like, well, of course, yeah. bacon is bacon. Bacon's bacon. And, uh, but yeah, we'll be open. Uh, so come on and join us. Nice. So what's going on with the dinner tonight? The steak dinner at the VFW. Well, thanks everybody for coming out. Uh, we're about sold out. Sweet. Uh, I've got some porterhouse left, and uh, I can't believe the cowboy ribeyes. That's awesome. The way people jumped on them, you know, because it is the biggest steak in town. 
That's cool. That's tonight. And, of course, if if you've not already uh, RSVP'd, then you need to call the VFW and get on it because, like you said, you only got a couple. Yeah, couple it's very over. minuscule. Now, I'll have plenty of salmon. You know, mm-hmm. last time I sold out of the Asian glazed salmon. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, we're doing something different this time that we've never done before. You know, sometimes we got to grow up. Uh, and people that don't eat meat, got more than the- welcome to come get a baked potato baked and salad. Baked potatoes, yum. And that's for $10. So Ugh. you're more than welcome to do that. Uh, we got coffee. We got tea. And, baked potato sounds really good right now. And um, oh, with bacon. Oh, now <laughs> you got me really hungry. Now I'm gonna fry more bacon here uh, now, Terry. Because the bacon, there is no store bought bacon bits. I fried the uh, bacon just for bacon. All right, all right. Well, you, you want me to tell you? You don't. You can't do this for your dinner. Obviously, you already got it prepped. But here's what you do: you, you get a good baking potato, right? And you slice it, but you don't slice all the way through. You stop about two-thirds of the way down of the potato. And you slice it like you normally would, and you know, your, your little slices. And then you get bacon, you cut it up into pieces, and you put that bacon in between those slices, and you fold it all back together. Butter on it, salt and pepper. And bake it. And bake it. Yeah. But now, that's too much work. But now I'm really hungry. You'll be all right. <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, yeah, steak dinner tonight at the VFW, and um, I hope that event goes well. That'll be fun. Well, it'll be the slowest dinner I ever had. Yeah. Some of these cowboy ribeyes are two and a ace thick. Oof. That's so cool. And I could not cook one for you because it takes 20 minutes to cook a medium rare, much less a well done. A uh, well done, and I'll be here tomorrow. And so. uh matter of fact, I've got two orders for mediums. I believe I can handle that. Uh, Colin brought in a uh, flat top gas grill for me because i'll start them on charcoal and finish them on the flat top there you go to keep from burning them up and uh oh did i tell you the green beans are fried green beans and mm. bacon grease no with bacon crumbles oh i oof, didn't tell you that terry oof, oof. that goes you with the salmon re- you really got me going with bacon now so <sighs> you know we try our best to give the best meal in town well that's awesome so go check them out the vfw tonight like i said give them a call if you've not already rsvp'd um, that way that you can get the last couple steaks left. Of course, you got the potato bar. You can come, or the potato, baked potato and salad. You can come, and the, and you got some fish left over. So, or Salmon. not left over, but fish fish spots left up open. How's that? Yes, I do. And uh, we're trying our best not to sell out this time. There you know, you it's, it's a fine line, folks, you know, between what you have and what you don't have. Mm-hmm. And, well, uh, especially the way you're doing it, right? It's a fundraiser. You're not a you're not a, a restaurant. You can't save nah. what you have left over for tomorrow, um, you know, and cook it. You, you're doing this as a as a fundraiser and once a month. And, and anyway, it's pretty cool stuff. It's it's worth it. It's worth it. Go check them out. Yep, so. it is. Thank y'all. Well, cool stuff. Cool stuff. Well, how how's the construction world treated you this week? Uh, pretty good. Uh, I was telling Terry we run a uh, we're testing a new product. It's been out for a little while, and uh, uh, and it and you know metal roofs. One of the downfall of is over time they'll oxidize. Yep. And the oxidation is is not because of the paint peeling or fading and stuff. It's because of acid rain. And that's when you get that weird, like whitish rust looking on it. Yeah. And uh, we found a product that's supposed to be a uh, basically a wash and wear. You know, nice. you hose it down, then you spray it, let it set, and then hose it off, and that's it. That's cool. 
Now it does get so more or less. It's cleaning. It's not really. It's not painting it or anything like that. You're nope, just it's just, cleaning yeah. it. Now I can't guarantee how it's going to do for uh, certain roofing companies that doesn't have like Axel Noble or mm-hmm. Sherwin Williams or. Well, that that's what I was wondering. Like if you've got a cheap uh, metal roof with with that sort of that cheaper paint on it, what, what I'm just curious what it would. Can't, well, you you got to lighten up on it. You know the cleaning product, but. Uh, that's the thing. When you when you're out there trying to uh, save me- money on metal, yep. Sometimes you might not be saving anything. Right. Well, you know, metal is is so different. Not just roofing, because uh, for instance, I, I was doing. Uh, you, you know, I like to do these weird projects, these history projects, and um, I was going to dye some leather. And there's a leather dye. I won't give you the whole thing, but basically, it's like vinegar and steel wool. It turns makes this black leather dye, you know, for say a belt or something. Well, yeah, I went and got some steel wool, and it was never it was rusting, but it was never really like doing it, doing its thing. And I and I got to researching it and, and that particular brand, even though it says steel wool, it doesn't say stainless anywhere on it. it, it it's got it's a little bit of stainless wool. Really, it's not the old school steel, steel. wool, you know. Um, and so, but I, but I, it, it made me think, like, with all these metals and these metal alloys, you know, everyone's trying to make a, a stronger product, but more importantly, they're trying to make it more affordable, right? I mean, any business, the bottom line is they want to make as much money as they can, so they're gonna they're gonna have uh, the most efficient product they can put out, save themselves money, but still having you know a get a, whatever their quality product is, make right? it make it last. Um, and so so. Well, but it just made me think, like, if we're, if that, if a, you know, what's essentially a cleaning tool is changed that much, you know, what what type of metal alloys? So when I get a when I get a roof, we've talked about it before on the roof show. Was I'm not buying a tin roof anymore when I go to the you know, Randy's Randy's not bringing me tin in when I get buy a tin roof. You know, it's 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 some kind of metal, um, and and it's all these metal alloys and. I don't know, it just made me think about it, you know, like what's what's the actual com- compounds of metals in these roofs, and well, then what's the difference between a, you know the two of them? There's uh, all right. Every, this was the question that was asked during the week to me. Explain to me the difference in your metal and everybody else's. Yep. All right. Now, substrate. You know, they call the the steel a substrate. Okay, and it's roll steel. Right. It can either be, you know, federal standards is 29 gauge. All right? Mm-hmm. Well, they don't say how you get to 29. Okay? Uh, so, see, you can actually have a 30 gauge panel, and when you put the, the primer, the paint on it, the galvanize the primer and the paint, then all it has to do is just barely cross into the 29. And then you've got so it'd guy. be because uh, when it comes to metal gauges, the lower the number, the thicker the panel. Right. Okay. So a lot of substrates coming from China and Mexico, even though they say they meet the ASTM standards, which federal law mandates G60. Okay. Yep. And I need to take you a picture up there at our barn lot because I have G60 metal that's we used at the barn lot for Whoa. our cattle. That's been up since 2006. It doesn't have any white rust on it whatsoever. That's cool, and that's pretty thick stuff. Yeah, pretty heavy. And uh, 
Saltwater's G90. Okay. Well, when you go out here and you go down the road and you see a, a, a rusted spot on a roof, that's because it's it didn't meet the federal standards of G60. Okay. okay. Yep. And uh, so everybody goes, well, Randy, you're higher than everybody else. Well, of course, because I want a Gavaloon product underneath the primer and the paint. Okay. Yep. Because there is no guarantee for galvanized coating under the paint. Nice. That's good to know. So yeah. with a good Gavaloon panel, then primed, then painted, your paint's a 40-year product. Yep. All right. Now your Gavaloon adds another 20 years to it underneath. So now you got a 50- to 60-year product. Yeah, and it should, believe it or not, go uh, 70 years, yeah. maybe 80 years. Yeah. All right? But you, you, the paint's going to be gone. All right. Mm-hmm. But as a let's say, Terry, you, you're putting a roof on your house, mm-hmm. okay? And, you know, at your age, you know, 40 years from now, if you live that long, you right. don't want to ever think about having That's to paint it. That's the last thing I want to do, yeah. Correct. You know, and uh, it's like, to give you a good end, uh, was my mom and dad. My dad got sick. Mm-hmm. He needed a roof on his house. And I said, well, Dad, I can do this or I can give you the best I got. And he said, I want the best you got because I can't guarantee you how long I'm going to live. Exactly. Yeah. And he said, I want to make sure your mother's took care of. Yeah. Well, yeah. my dad's... You know, this is 2002 when yeah. we put this roof on. Yeah. and uh, Now, 20 years later, you don't have to worry about it. Correct. Yeah. And uh, and the thing about it is uh, that was a Fabrell product. Mm-hmm. That was a pro- that was the company that invented this panel That's in 1956. Awesome. Love it. Love it. So not everything is created equal in the metal. You, you get what you pay for. Nice. And... The only thing I want y'all to be prepared about metal is, though, creosote will eat it up, no matter what, if it's a G90, Galvalume, or whatever. So make sure you clean your chimneys. There you go. Good to know. Thanks for listening to us. We're going to get back on some bacon. No, wait, we're not. We're going to talk about all home construction here in just a little bit. Thanks for listening to us. Are you looking for a sawmill dealership that can provide you with the quality equipment you need to get the job done? Look no further than Blue Ridge Sawmills. We offer the full line of Hudson Sawmills and sawmill and equipment, from portable sawmills to skidding winches. At Blue Ridge Sawmills, we understand that every project is different, which is why we offer a wide range of sawmilling services. We can help you from everything from finding the right mill for your farm, hobby, or even your business. We also offer a variety of sawmilling supplies, such as blades, and debarkers so you can get everything you need in one place. If you're looking for a sawmill dealership that can provide you with the quality equipment and the service you need, then come to Blue Ridge Sawmills. We're here to help you get the job done. Call or visit our Cana, Virginia store at 276-755-3833 or our Asheboro, North Carolina location at 336-964-8304. That's right, all about home construction here on WATA. And again, thanks all of our listeners out there. Give us a call, 828-262-1567. Reach to us, reach out to us on Facebook or wherever you uh wherever you're listening to this. Uh, thank you. All right. Uh you know what? I'm gonna tie in the uh, actual topic today with bacon because you got me started on bacon. You ready for this? <laughs> um, I love bacon and traditionally in, in the United States we're like when you make your own bacon, what do you do to it? You 
smoke it, right? Yeah. And you hang it up in a what? A smokehouse. Most smoke houses traditionally are made out of wood. Wood. Or more particular logs. So here we are. I just tied us into uh talking about log houses and cabins today here on the uh, on all about home construction. Yep. So there we go. Bacon leads to everything. Can't can't go wrong. Well, you know, that was the primary way of you either salted it or you smoked, smoked it. Or a little combination of. Yep. Uh yep. you know, the French had clay pots that they used uh duck fat preserve meat in mm-hmm. yeah i can't think of the terminology in that but so just to, to kind of um use a broad paintbrush here for the topic what are we what's the difference between a cabin and a house a log house versus a log cabin well you know what you have to explain that I, one to me because I mean, they look the same to me i, I mean I, I think in like culture wise you know in in, in normal vocabulary to me it's just the difference of the size right like typically when you say cabin you're thinking of what probably was originally meant to be a temporary sort of structure you know you're going to build the cabin and then you're going to build a larger house right so cabins uh, small bedroom maybe even one room well, maybe you, most maybe, uh, most cabins are only one room. one room yeah you know then you, maybe a loft or something at the most um, versus you know a house where you got multiple rooms. I, I, to me, anyway, that's the sort of the differences. It's that you know a single family occupied building, the where, you know the cabin kind of feel to it, right? The smallness, but a log house itself, you, especially in today's vocabulary, you're you know it's it's multiple rooms. I think that's sort of the the gist. <coughs> well, you know, well. Uh, that, that's about all they had when they come to the new world. Right. Well, and then that that's where I brought up that temporary part, right? Now, I know we all, we've all we seen cabins, and, and we have some in the town even, much less the county, that, you know, these log cabins that still survive. But I think it, traditionally, right, you move in when, when the, you know, especially here in America, you're talking about settlements and and. As your European people, the descendants are moving into, you know, especially here in the high country, the mountains, they're building these log cabins because they can go up fast and quick compared to other houses. Well, know, they, they had the resources. They, yeah. You know, especially in the coastal area with uh, the pine trees being so straight, yep. so tall, then they weren't limited to uh, odd-shaped logs. Mm-hmm. You know, here yeah. here in the mountains, we might have a vast variety of right. log sizes. Well, but you also have the you know especially when we were settling we have those chestnut trees and 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 you know you you have the poplar trees that were you know so you start to get some of those options and um one of the most beautiful log cabins i've ever, i've seen ever uh it 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 was probably uh i don't know 20 by 20 at the most um but it had four logs on the wall like that's how tall it was it was four logs tall so we're talking you know 8 foot 10 foot tall oh, yeah. but it only used four logs to make that up and we're talking 26 inch logs um so you know you think about it though when you when, you know yes you got to move them around but when you're going to lay it up you know it's think about stacking up a bunch of sticks to make an eight foot wall but if i can use three logs to make up that same eight foot wall 
or four logs, you know, well, that's... You had uh, to have a lot of people, or you had to yeah. have a lot of horses. No that's problem. right. And but no it's, it, but my point is, though, it's, it's, you know, look at your Legos, right? You build with the flat Legos, the small ones, it's going to take a lot more work, a lot more Legos, than if you use the big, tall kid Legos. Yeah, well, I don't think the first settlers had horses, you right. know, and uh, <clears throat> I think they had their milk cows. I can't, you know, I don't know that for a fact. Right. And, uh, but... With ox, they could have moved them. Right. And, you know, they were able to move all that stuff because they were grew, grew up learning how to do yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it was part of life, right? Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, most of these log cabins that were stacked like that, they used ropes. Mm-hmm. And they used their animals to pull the log up on an angle, two logs on an angle, to get up on top. So yep. they had to continuously move around. Yeah. Just to build, they had to put a log on one side, log on the other, the, the end wall. Then they could go to the other side. Work yourself through, yeah. And uh, to make you stand. Uh, but you know, getting back to the coast, the abundance of trees at that time, they could have any size tree they wanted. Yeah. You know, and, and an eight-inch log, sixteen foot long, would have been easy to move for one person. Right. And uh, most of your chinking back then was mud mm-hmm. all right and then later on as their animals uh there's a there's a, a house here in watauga county that still was built in the 1800s that used hog hair yeah. in the mud and the hog hair is what that was what's holding the mud on the cabin that cool that's and, really cool. and uh so they didn't waste anything at all and you know their insulation was an animal hide Mm-hmm. You know, through a wind or something, you had to stop the snow from blowing in somehow, and so you could use a hide as your doorway. And but most of your doors, they split. Yep. Out of a tree, they used a fro to break them down. That's cool. And most people don't. Even, now kids today wouldn't have an idea what a fro is, and a fro was used to make shingles. So if, that's the opposite of a two. A fro to yeah. to and fro. Yeah. No, froze total different. <laughs> but they did have they did have an ad. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and those cool, those tools are really cool, you know. And, and if you've ever seen someone use those 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 traditional hand tools, like it's some cool stuff with that. You know, you're you're really relying on the wood itself, the grains and the structure of the wood, versus you know when we think of a saw today, right? When I think of any kind of round circular saw blade. You know, it, it's cutting through, whereas a fro is really relying on that structure of the grain itself to kind of split yep. more and you than cut. You had a maul. The, the fro had a handle on it, and you used a maul to push the, the fro through. Yeah. You couldn't push it by hand, but the, then that way, you could. the reason it had a handle is so you could spread it, and it would follow the grain. Yeah. Uh, we actually, there's a, a shovel handle at the house that Mr. Bill made back in the 60s and it and it broke here about four or five years ago but it was made out of hickory mm. and he, he broke it out with a fro and he took a uh a spoke shave mm-hmm. and he shaved it down that's really cool and uh you know that's that's the part of america that the, the tools that they brought that they had from england yep and or france or germany i see a lot of german influences in the woodworking side and uh uh, and they did everything by hand. Yeah. But everything was sharp. 
Uh, my dad, when he was growing up in Charleston, West Virginia, most of the houses were being built by Germans mm-hmm. and the German craftsmanship, and they didn't want to teach anybody how to do anything because they wanted to leave it. It in, was a heritage in, thing. In their right. group, group yeah. thing, like the Amish barns. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And how how they know how to build with wood and tools, you know, and they didn't they didn't saw it out. They cut it out cut, with yeah. broad axes. Yeah. Well, and and, and like you said, it's, there's so many specialty tools. I mean, even uh, you know, there's certain specific axes that that you use to 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 cut down the sides and 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 you know make them make the logs square. They're sort of bent out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there, there's all sorts of sort of like. You know, modified, I guess you'd say, tools. Um, but think of the notches themselves. You know, today it's easy for us to grab, a, especially if we're working in a log house, you maybe grab it, even a chainsaw, right? Or some kind of saw and cut some notches into it. But some of those are, are I mean, every notch, you, know, you got a traditional log house or log cabin, you know, a couple hundred years old. Each notch was cut by hand. And sat in place. You know, it wasn't like a factory today where I got a, a template and a mold where I'm cutting them all out to be the same. You know, they they cut the bottom or top of one, and they they got to cut the opposite to make it match. And correct. You know, well, think think how many times that you set it down. Okay, now raise that back up so I can you know take this much off. And um, so once the log's in place, it's it's not always in place yet. That's right. They had chisels, and they used chisels to do the final. Yep. Uh, what they call it today is a Swedish cope mm-hmm. on logs, you know, where they cut it so tight with a chisel That's so that cool. when the log sets down, it's supposed to be airtight. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, But they did it all by hand. Isn't that cool? Matter of fact, uh, you've heard me talk about my house being a 64 model, and some of it, you know, where they had to do it a trim, they trimmed it with a double-bit axe, mm-hmm. even in 1964. That's really cool. Because everything was cut with a handsaw. Yeah. It wasn't cut with – they were skill saws, but nobody could afford them. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I just – I keep thinking, you know, here at the radio station, it's basically across the road from us when you get up to uh, Horn in the West area, but you got the Hickory, Hickory Ridge Homestead over yeah. there. Uh, and some of those cabins are just so cool to look at. And, you know, I say that because they're the closest to us right now. But, I mean, there's others in the county – that you you know you drive by you can see and it, it always I always enjoy like driving by uh, go down a country road anywhere right and you and you see these old log houses that are you, you it's a modern house you know it sometimes it's even like a two or three story house right with yeah. you know thousands of square feet but if you look you can see the original log house or cabin that you know the where where the house started out and they've built on you know through the through the decades um, I always think that's really cool, and uh, there's one growing up. We go back home towards home. I remember um, going by it, and it's like it's almost like two houses. Like there's like a modern house, and someone slapped a, a an old log house on front. Yep. Yeah. You know, uh, but you just way it was built. I mean, they just added on, and it's just cool to me. Bolick Pottery, Bolick Pottery mm-hmm. is supposed to have the first original schoolhouse in Watauga County. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, they actually rebuilt it, and it has the wide logs that you talked about in it. Yeah. Well, you know the the um, when you, when you go back, I mean, the estimated the the oldest they believe the oldest timber constructed house is in Finland, and it's four thousand years old. Uh, 
But there's also, the, as far as log homes, the oldest reported log homes is in Russia. They found it, and it was from 800 B.C. So you're talking, you know, 3,000 years ago uh, as far as a bigger house. But the, the, the largest timber structure, or not the largest, sorry, the oldest is, is in Finland, about 4,000 years old. Well, the oldest in the United States is around 1638. Right? There's some cool ones. You know, when, when you go into that, 1638, you're talking about um, Jamestown settlements, right? Like like just after that. I mean, that was, what, 1619 when, when, you know, 16, early, what, 1610, 1620s when Jamestown was being settled. Um, so, yeah, so you, we've got a few structures that are that are just after that, you know, the yep. early 1600s and um that's to me. It's just, it's just so cool. But you know. But again, though, let, let's let's put ourselves in the shoes, right? Of of those settlers, they're coming in here, and they're uh, they're putting up this structure because they got to put something up fast, right? Right. I mean, they're they're here. Winter's going to be on the way. They've got to worry about food also. So what do they do? They they put up the shelter. They put up the quickest shelter they can. Um, you know, it's amazing. It's and that goes to show the craftsmanship, right? That. This is up two hundred, yeah. Because how many, how many nineteen uh, sixty single wide uh, trailers do we see today? Right, <laughs> not not as many as, as was sold. Um, so I say that you know to to, to make to, to kind of point out that like the craftsmanship that went into these things that they're still able to stand. So we'll be right back right after this. Thanks for listening to us. Are you looking for a sawmill dealership that can provide you with the quality equipment you need to get the job done? Look no further than Blue Ridge Sawmills. We offer the full line of Hudson Sawmills and sawmilling equipment. From portable sawmills to skidding winches. At Blue Ridge Sawmills, we understand that every project is different, which is why we offer a wide range of sawmilling services. We can help you from everything from finding the right mill for your farm, hobby, or even your business. We also offer a variety of sawmilling supplies, such as blades, and debarkers so you can get everything you need in one place. If you're looking for a sawmill dealership that can provide you with the quality equipment and the service you need, then come to Blue Ridge Sawmills. We're here to help you get the job done. Call or visit our Cana, Virginia store at 276-755-3833 or our Asheboro, North Carolina location at 336-964-8304. That's right. All about home construction here on WATA. And again, thanks to all of our listeners out there. Give us a call, 828-262-1567. Don't forget about the steak dinner at the VFW tonight. And if you've not RSVP'd already, you need to go ahead and give them a call at the VFW and get on. Randy's only got a couple steaks left, and uh, but you got plenty of salmon left over. Yeah. you got plenty of baked potatoes. But uh, if you want the steak, get in on it because there's only a couple left. So. We uh, I figured out how to do the the two pound steak. If I eliminate the bone, I can cut it out of ribeye loin, and the price mm. will come down. Nice. Well, uh, something about a bone in ribeye, though, well, buddy. Oh, but golly, it's I know it's an expensive meal. And that's the reason I said for two people, right? You know, and uh, but most of them, believe it or not, are sold for one person because oh, they want to awesome. take it. They want to take, take the Randy Blake challenge on. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Talking a little bit about log houses and cabins here on the on the show, and one of my favorite cabins designs are these 
like that English style, colonial American style, where there's like two rooms. Like you build a cabin and then you've built another one, but you got that little walkway breezeway in between. Yeah, those, I don't know why. To me, like that's that's what I think of when I think of, of a traditional, especially mountains, right? A traditional Appalachian cabin. Um, you've got the one room cabin, but but you've upgraded now. You got two rooms, you know. And I've always just thought those are so cool with that breezeway in between. And, and and especially when we we look at you know you you know I'm a big fan of the modern stuff the the, the tiny houses and things, um, in the micro houses whatever you want title you want to give them, uh, they're just it's just a throwback to to what we were doing, three hundred years ago. Well, you know I, I'm a big fan of the uh, tiny houses too. So. But. And uh, but well, so know, they uh, they've been around a long time, and, right? And uh, and, oh. and they're still here, and they're lasting. That's what's so cool. I want to go back. So we we, we know that, you know, we, we've talked in, in one of our shows about, you know, the history of, of heating and stuff. And we, we know that in America, anyway, traditionally, the, the main source was, was wood heat, right? Fireplaces. I've always heard that, on a, you know, a traditional log cabin – the fireplace, of course, we we've all seen them built out of rocks, and we've seen some where the where there's there's no house standing, but we still see a chimney standing up in the air, right? Mm-hmm. But is it true that those are built? Most of the, of the chimneys were built with the intent of pulling it away from the house. Uh, no, actually, uh, North Carolina code now, or in you know the the. 21st century has recognized that chimneys need to be able to be self-supporting okay no matter where it's built in your house it has to make sure it don't fall in a manner of a fire right okay whether it's in the center where it's on the end and that's to keep from uh hurting anybody right but i've always heard that you know traditionally log cabins the fireplace is built so that if there wasn't ever ever a chimney fire you could pull it out away from the house well if you look back in history most of them were made out of logs, or not really logs, but poles, right. three, four-inch poles. And what they did was is they laid the rock, uh, the flue and everything mm-hmm. out of rock, but it was dry-stacked rock, and all those logs were packed with mud to keep it from expanding into the log cabin and stuff. Mm, gotcha. So, see, the biggest thing he was worried about that part of it was the rain. Yeah. Okay, so that's the reason everything had a taper on it, so everything drips away Drip, from itself. Goes away. Okay. And uh, which, golly, forbid if we ever build a fireplace like that today. Right. You know, we'd. Yeah, uh, you'd never get it passed for correct. sure. Correct. And, uh, but that's all they had at the time. And you take a lot of, uh, let's say, coastal reasons, there's no rock. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't build it. So it all had to be made out of mud. Okay. And. Uh, well, I just, you know, but I've always wondered that because I've heard that before. But then, I, like I said, I mean, how many chimneys do you still see standing that's you know a hundred year old chimney there's no house there but you can see the chimney still standing well you know what and those were all put together with mud there was yeah. no mortar in it. that's really cool and uh so you take uh a good clay not necessarily mud but a clay mm. okay and lay it together yep. and you know as it bakes it gets harder right and another thing too is if you put that chimney together with clay and as the rock settles from its weight, it's more of a gasket than anything else. That's cool. You definitely don't put no hog hair in that. No, no. 
Definitely not. But well, uh, you know, I, I just think it's so cool. And, and we, again, t- you know, you're going up quick. You're going up fast, uh, especially with a lot of help. Um, you don't have to saw the wood out, right? Like that's the advantage of, of traditional log houses. Even if you square them up. Well, you, you're still not cutting boards out. You're saving a lot of work and time. You can build a log cabin with your axe. Yep. Okay. And because uh, uh, you can make a wedge out of a uh, mm-hmm. a hard piece of wood, multiple wedges, so you can get your you can make a maul out of anything that yeah. is heavy and uh, or not heavy, but I, what I'm talking about is the right grain wood. Right. So you're going into the, like yeah, you're right. You're going into the woods to build this house out in the middle of nowhere. And you're you you're you're carrying the tools with you that you need, and you're able to you know you're from there go make what you need and go from there. But yeah, you, you're carrying in an axe, you're carrying in a crosscut saw, maybe. Um, but even you know, in, you, yeah, I, I get you. You're, because you're, you know, the ships that they sailed on to come to the United States had all the necessary tools to rebuild that ship mm-hmm. every time it got damaged. Okay, so yeah, you know they learned how to bend wood. You know, by boiling water, and uh, like in the the movie Master and Command, when they got in a fight with that French ship, you know, and it blew the the statue off the front, you yeah. know, yeah, and uh, the wood wood right came out and started cutting pieces out so they could laminate another piece there, and, right, and, and you know, yeah. make it back the same in the paints back then. That's cool. You know, most a lot of the paints were from tar. Oils, milk. Yeah, milk paint's a big one. Uh, matter of fact, we were in a house uh, in uh, 2010 that uh, we took the boards off, and I can't prove it, but I believe that was the first time in my life I'd ever seen milk paint because that so was cool. painted in 1855. That's awesome. That's real cool. And well, they still make milk paint today. It's just not cheap, but you can still get it. I don't want it. Well, I mean, I say it's not cheap. Like I, I've seen some <laughs> for like I think it was a quart, and the quart was like thirty, forty bucks. Really? Yeah. No VOCs. I guess not. I hadn't thought about it. Yeah, you're right. But um, yeah, you know, you had mentioned earlier about the Romans. You know, the Romans knew of of log houses, but it was not really developed in the Roman area. It was no. really developed in the Scandinavia, like that that Eastern European area. Um, which you think about it, you know, Scandinavia, then you start thinking about the Vikings. Yeah, it makes sense. They're, that's sort of the, where the traditional well, Viking house is made out of logs. A lot of spruce up in Yeah. So We actually uh, got some spruce from Sweden one time. That's cool. Back in the 90s, and you're talking about really pretty lumber. It was. Well, I just don't think without without the, the log cabin, um, I don't think the North American continent could be colonized the way it did. As fast and as, as quick as it did. I agree with yeah. you. We'll take another break. We'll be right back right after this. Thanks for listening. Are you looking for a sawmill dealership that can provide you with the quality equipment you need to get the job done? Look no further than Blue Ridge Sawmills. We offer the full line of Hudson Sawmills and sawmilling equipment. From portable sawmills to skidding winches. At Blue Ridge Sawmills, we understand that every project is different, which is why we offer a wide range of sawmilling services. We can help you from everything from finding the right mill for your farm, hobby, or even your business. We also offer a variety of sawmilling supplies, such as blades, 
blades and debarkers so you can get everything you need in one place. If you're looking for a sawmill dealership that can provide you with the quality equipment and the service you need, then come to Blue Ridge Sawmills. We're here to help you get the job done. Call or visit our Cana, Virginia store at 276-755-3833 or our Asheboro, North Carolina location at 336-964-8304. That's right. All about home construction here on WATA. Thanks to all of our listeners out there. We really appreciate everyone on the podcast as well and uh, here on WATA on Saturday mornings. And then, as we said, YouTube, Randy. Randy's a YouTube star. Video uh, killed the radio. I don't know about that. You know, yeah. you can't, I can't break anybody's TV because they can't see me. Yeah, well, that's you got a face for radio. I'll give you that. <laughs> that thank uh. you. <laughs> you know what they say, don't you? Yeah. That's mighty nice. Yeah, you know. Anyway, all about home construction here on WATA. Talking a little bit about log houses and cabins and, um, you know, just the fact that they've been around forever. It's, just, it's, it's awesome. But I've all, you know, I really like that look of a log cabin, that traditional American uh, heritage type style, I guess you would say. It's probably got a lot fancier name than that. But, um, you know, when you think of like colonial style, though, you, you think of the brick houses and, the, and the, that that look but you get that and, and i hate to use the word rustic because log houses can be pretty elegant you know you, yes they can and, and, and that's i've never really liked that rustic term um because it yeah, i think it diminishes the the craftsmanship that goes into uh building a, a traditional log house well log houses have a tendency to last mm-hmm. think think about the ones you see today you right out on the parkway and places yeah. like that you know most log cabins cut out of first growth trees right so the grain so, is a lot tighter and uh and, and that well that that brings up a question then so, you know typically today when we order a kit or some kind of you know we put up a log house today you're talking what six eight inch logs width uh minimal six inches okay. for the coat and that's what i was getting to right is because at that right isn't wood like one inch our value is it is per but, inch but now correct but when we get into uh, a log cabin then you can turn around and use the the u value okay mm. and the u value is the amount of time that it takes the cold to come into the uh, inside gotcha. okay okay so that's what i've always wondered so um so yeah, so if you got a, a ten, so that's how you're able to get this uh, a fairly energy efficient log house today. Correct. Uh, we've got one here on Rainbow Trail that we've <clears throat> CO'd in, in 2000. Okay, mm-hmm. and which we really appre- appreciated the homeowner because his wife was finicky; she didn't know what she wanted. Right. Okay, so we got to stack the logs, set the windows set the doors put the roof on it and let it set for eight months so, <laughs> so during, it did all that settling so it did all the settling yeah and uh then we came back in and we actually used the uh national historical registry for chinking 
and it so it's mortar. Mm, yeah. Well, so that's where the problem is, right, with log houses in terms of efficiency is is the gaps in between, with the, which you what you fill up with chinking. But you know, we've all seen. You know, I remember early two thousands when everything you know when the boom was going on. I remember houses going up, and there was a few houses that I went into, and you could see daylight coming through the corners. Correct. And uh, <clears throat> so with them, well, we're a lot better off than the people in the old age, you mm-hmm. know. But, they, I mean, they could use pitch and tar, right. okay, which North Carolina had the abundance of. Right. And uh, we used uh, a log caulking that we put in every joint. So when we set the logs down, they actually made a gasket in them. Yeah. Uh, the biggest thing we found one time, I was walking up the stairs. We still maintain that house today, and uh, and I seen a, a gap in a, between two logs, and they had been a bug that had actually got in there and eat the oh, eat the no. caulk out. So Ugh. here I'm going. How am I going to push that in there? Yeah. And uh, Gorilla Glue first come out. Okay. Okay. Already expanded. Yeah, so I took a, a Gorilla Glue and put it in a turkey baster, cut the end off the turkey yeah. baster, and I squirted it in there. And you have to be real careful with it because it foams. Yeah. So it actually foamed up and sealed the hole. That's awesome. But it did not leak back in the That's inside. That's impressive, yeah. Or it didn't, it didn't leak out. out to the outside. So Good for you. So I know where the joint is, so I can go back and check from check time it. to time. That's awesome. But to give you an idea, they had a guest there. And the homeowner called me and said, hey, Randy, I need you to go check out my house for me because I think that the, the gentleman that we had there left the heat on 80 in the house. Ugh. And it was a cold time, but I had to go in and had to turn all the faucets on on hot, high, so it would steam the house to get the tongue and groove to lay back down. Oh, it was just about no. to the point that it's going to come off the wall. Oh, no. Ugh, wood. You gotta love it. Ugh. Well, I think it's so fun. I mean, I, I love the house, and, and and like I said, the fact that you can get energy efficient houses still today, to me, goes back and and proves the point of of why log traditional log houses are cool are are so cool, so awesome. Well, if so. you take care of them, they'll last. There you go. But all that from bacon. Can you believe it? Uh, <laughs> Speaking of bacon, if you wanted uh, to put bacon on your potatoes, Randy's got the bar tonight set up at the VFW. Of course, potatoes are a side item for most people because you're going to be getting a nice steak. So go check out the steak dinner tonight. And again, if you've not RSVP'd, you better hurry up and call because you don't have a ton of those steaks left. Uh, No, I don't. So you want to get over there and get that. So, Randy, have fun tonight. But if you want want salmon, come on. Well, I'm going to... You know I don't like stamina. I'm going to eat steak. Well, how can I cook but, a well-done steak two inches thick? I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> thanks for listening to us all about home construction. Again, uh, thanks for all of our listeners, whether you're on the radio or on the on the YouTube channel now or on the podcast. So thanks so much for that. Thanks for reaching out during the week. And, Randy, I guess we'll uh, we'll wrap this show up, and we'll see everyone next week. All right. That's it. Don't forget, we're talking school starting back. If you see those big yellow buzzes, stop for them. Yes, pay attention to our children. That's it. Well, Randy, we'll see you next time. Take it easy, man. Bye. Thanks for listening to our podcast all about home construction. Our show airs live on WATA Radio in Boone, North Carolina, every Saturday morning. Check out our Facebook page, All About Home Construction. Leave your tips and comments there. 
Also, subscribe, like, and share this with a friend.